0: Blog Talk
1: Radio Welcome to Mind Body Spirit You on Blog Talk Radio this show is a collaboration between five women and Spirit or Universe, all brought to you by www.mindbodyspiritu.com. That's the letter U. There are weekly shows on Monday at 7 pm Eastern Standard Time, two Wednesdays a month at 9 pm Eastern Standard Time and two Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time covering topics about all things healing, spiritual, metaphysical and we even throw in a bit of science. Many of our shows include time for you to ask for assistance on your journey and you will be able to experience some amazing healing modalities and receive guidance authentic spiritual guidance right here, right now. Many are aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our mind, bodies and spirit and that's exactly what we are here to discuss. So please join us in the spiral of life and together we will learn, grow and heal. Now let's get started with today's show. Hi, and
2: welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. Today I have the excited privilege to talk with Aloha Gary, and his his full name is Gary Plunkett. Did I say it correctly, Gary?
3: You certainly did. That's great. Thank you. Aloha, Tracy. (laughs) And aloha everyone around.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm really um, interested, like I said before we started recording, but we didn't get into it because it was like, okay, let's wait and see what happens. Um, I'm really interested in the English, the Englishman, Hawaiian, the mixture is fascinating to me. So will you tell us a bit about uh, who you are? And it can be as long or as short as you'd like, Um, you know, what brought you to Hawaii, what brought you to learning the ancient healing techniques of Hawaii, Uh, wherever you want to go with that, and then we'll see what happens next.
3: Well, uh, Mahalo, thank you. That's um, that's a fabulous uh, broad scope. Well, yeah. so you, you said as long as I like, well I, I can talk for two or three days without stopping So you may need to call a halt at some point But uh, So I do workshops all around the UK uh, And I've done some in the US and in Hawaii as well um, Sharing what I would call ancient wisdom uh, Basically things that have lasted the test of time and still work
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Some people call it magic, some people call it energy healing Some people call it shamanism uh frankly, I don't really mind what it's called as long as it works
0: mm-hmm. so
3: so my my view of the world is and and you know names and labels are not really important. What's more important is if someone comes along and they've got some issue or problem, uh can I help them fix it
0: Mhm
3: and it's important that I put it that way around that I am helping other people to fix themselves. I'm not the person doing the healing. The healing comes from divinity or spirit or some place else. Uh, Minneapolis, maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it it comes from somewhere um, that's not here. And I'm merely facilitating. So there's, it's important um, when you're kind of doing healing that you take yourself out of the picture and recognize that you're just an instrument for divinity to offer healing to people who've asked for it, if that makes sense.
2: Yep, it does.
3: And and so that's kind of the tradition in the um, uh, Celtic world, the shamanic world here. Although um, well, I should point out that in in my... if we're going into labels, I don't think even either Celtic or shamanism actually exist. They're both made up names, so as long as you understand that you're used, doing something that's completely made up at one level, Uh, but is absolutely real, and other than we're going to get on really fine. (laughs) Because um, a lot of this work involves going into uh, what some people call other world, or spirit world, or or, um, where the angels hang out. Uh, And basically, uh, if you knock on the right door and say the magic password, you get the right healing and the right helper and ally comes along. Now, the interesting thing in Hawaii is that Um, they kind of have a different way of operating and they certainly wouldn't thank you for calling what they do shamanism um, because they have a very strong tradition that's still alive whereas uh, I would say that a lot of the tradition so-called in in Britain and Ireland and in the US that's called Celtic is um, reconstructed at best um, and is intuited uh, which isn't actually necessarily a bad thing because there's a lot of truth in spirit and that, but unfortunately not all of it gets translated well when it starts coming out into the material world, if you see what I mean. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So so as you say, I had quite a journey um, and I was just in, in corporate business doing a, um, a big job in corporate world with 200 staff and multi-million dollar projects and... Um, making the world happen as as I understood it. Uh, And there was only one one tiny um, fly in the ointment, as we would say, um, which was that I wanted to just kind of know, why was everybody else wrong? (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like, you know, well, well why is it with the same information, I get the same information as a colleague and we both go off and what they do is obviously not right because it isn't what I've done and of course i I was ever so slightly opinionated at this point uh, and obviously I didn't possibly consider that it might have something possibly to do with me <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so I started to discover that uh, i i started off learning something called n l p neuro linguistic programming. I don't know if you've come across that
2: i have yeah mhm
3: okay so um so just just for the listeners it, it, it's basically um a kind of a Psychology kind of stuff, um, understanding how people do what they do, um, and starting to discover actually quite how different everybody is, and actually it's really amazing we managed to communicate at all. Mm. So, so we've probably all heard the things you know men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Well, it's a lot more complicated than that. Right. Uh, and actually, individuals are all from Individual Land. Um, and you have to kind of do your best to open your filters and open your gateways and uh, what did would say on Star Trek open all channels to try and learn to possibly communicate with the person opposite you while you're talking with them
2: mm-hmm.
3: does that make sense?
2: it does and yeah communication is fascinating
3: yeah so yeah communication is fascinating we should do it sometime
2: Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes that's true to be to be Quote unquote, a good communicator. You know, it takes yeah. a lot of self understanding. Uh, and also, it, it, if you're in a relationship with people, a lot of understanding of who they are because not everyone can hear the way you communicate. So you're right. It's almost like we're all just a bunch of aliens, you know, with our own
3: language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and we all have our own planet.
2: Exactly.
3: Um. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
3: So. So what was funny was that um, in my big team that, that I was working with, um, the uh, there was quite a lot of people I got on with really well, and then there was these other people who I just couldn't fathom or understand at all. And, and what I discovered when I did NLP was that I was um, digital and auditory and um, visual in my communication styles, and that these people were um, kinesthetic. And I didn't understand that at all. I had almost almost zero on the scale, kinesthetic, what on earth does that mean? Um, and I was very much in my head doing logical, you know, that's a logical captain, that kind of stuff, and being Mr. Spock, and didn't really do emotions um, very well. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, I had this huge new world opened up to me of feelings, which I'd never really come across, and I discovered that I had a huge, big, Uh, Backlog of feelings and and emotions that needed dealing with (laughs) and and, uh, I discovered I had a huge history of um, Emotions that had all been suppressed and I had to kind of work my way through all of those Um, So I did all the NLP things I did um, Practitioner level and master practitioner level and trainers training Um, And I kept getting promoted and becoming a a much better communicator than I had been uh, And working in management and corporate um, and then uh, I met a guy called Tad James who was teaching something called Huna, uh-huh. um, and uh, he did one of his uh, you know super special offers. Hey, well if you sign up now, you get forty percent off kind of thing. And I thought, well, the worst that can happen is I'm going to be in Hawaii for two weeks.
0: <laughs> so, so
3: how bad can that be? Right. So um, and at the time I had the funds, so I thought, well, why not? Let's let's give it a go. And at the time, I was merely thinking of it as just being um, a collection of techniques, if you like,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, in the same way as NLP is. Mm-hmm. And, and but actually, what I discovered when I got there was that that Huna um, is actually uh, not really the right name for what Hawaiians do. And in fact, Huna was invented by a, a, um, an American called Max Freedman Long. He wrote several books on a topic um because when he was writing um teaching Hawaiian indigenous healing was illegal and and actually wasn't legal until nineteen eighty
0: nine
3: mm-hmm. um much like the suppression of the Native American tradition. Mm-hmm. so um and in fact, my teacher's teacher was arrested in um Hawaii for chanting a chant, would you believe wow. because that was that was not allowed. So this guy Max Reed and Long, made up some stuff, which actually in some places was quite close to what the Hawaiians believed, but he couldn't really get the Hawaiians to tell him because they didn't want to, because it was illegal and they didn't want to get arrested. So, uh, so what's good is that now a whole lot of Hawaiians are coming out to do their teaching um, and to teach what the, their real teachings are, um, and also to claim their own teachings, if you like, because. Prior to this band being listed, the main people who were teaching it were were um, um, Americans who were doing their best to spread the word.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, so what was funny was that um, I went along uh, on this training, and and there were some really fabulous parts to it. But what happened was that um, Hawaii is a very, very high energy place. And have you been, Have you been?
2: I have not, but I do want to share that. Um my local teacher, mentor, friend, who is also one of my collaborating partners here at Mind Body Spirit, you, Aleka, uh-huh. Aleka Sorbison, She is from Hawaii, born, raised, just uh-huh. just left about five years ago,
0: uh-huh. and
2: lives here in Charleston area, South Carolina. Anyway, so all this has been, and she's fascinating in the sense of her. Her, um, I don't know what the right word is. Lack of wanting to label yes.
0: <laughs>
2: what yes. she what she does, uh, and she also. I mean, you guys have a lot in common, uh, and I'm gonna for sure point this this interview out to her, and I'm sure she'll listen. Yeah. Uh, the NLP she also has studied. She kind of comes from, you know, she's got both sides that analytical, mm-hmm. scientific type, psychological. Uh-huh. And um, also was trained with teachers, which I know there's a name for it in Hawaii. <laughs> uh-huh. What do you call your teacher in Hawaii? What's that word?
3: Um, well, the the well, what's interesting is that um, I've asked many people, uh, most uh, many Hawaiians, and most Hawaiians say there is no name for this.
0: Okay, all right.
3: Um, but the what? But what's funny is they nearly all say. There isn't a name for this, but if there was a name, the name would be hotomana, which mm-hmm. means to make life force energy, mm, nice. which is which is a great way of thinking about it, or vitality we might call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about pulling in as much life force energy as you possibly can, and learning ways to do that. So there's lots of things that we can do, um, just everyday things, you know, even how we breathe, things like that. Um, but also, as you say. Not labeling things, not even getting involved in other people's stuff, um, and kind of keeping your energy to yourself and, and not giving it away to other people
0: mm-hmm. because
3: they've said something that's mean or or, or even accidental.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but also, you know, keeping your own self uh, self control and self awareness and self and, and esteem, but also not giving your energy away. So some people who who have low self confidence, self esteem, are constantly giving their energy away to other people or or, pe- or having gurus or that kind of thing, so, so there's, there's a whole range of different things and the, the three main things that we were taught was that um, the three best ways to raise your life force energy are breathing, uh, which is a special kind of breathing, breathing, uh, doing a long breath, not the kind of normal breath that most people do. Um, people who are familiar with things like yoga or tai chi will be familiar with this kind of breathing. Um, there's chanting, which is very powerful, or even singing. Singing is a very close approximation. So if you've ever been singing, singing is very uplifting. Um, and the third one is of course uh, sex, mm. which which doesn't get talked about much in the West,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but actually is a very powerful way to connect to divinity. Mm-hmm. Which which is which is my excuse for why we all shout, "Oh my God!" at the point of climax. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So so there's some fabulous things there. So one thing I really want to say just to, to make a point is that um I need to say in, in all humbleness, um please forgive me for my mistakes and also that all truths are my teachers and all mistakes are my own. And it's really important to say that, that everything I'm gonna talk about is going to be a Westerner's understanding of these things. Yep. Um and is n you know, I'm not claiming to be Hawaiian or anything like that. But what I found is that um, some of the things that I were taught seemed to work really well uh, with people in Britain and in, in uh, USA. Uh, and also I've met quite a lot of Australians and Canadians. And pretty well most people who've come across this have been able to use these skills and techniques and, and, and principles to make their lives much easier and to kind of chill out and relax. I don't know if, if you ever noticed that, like you say, Hawaiians seem to be very relaxed and chilled out all the time, and they're not at all uptight about things.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And they just let things slide and let things go, whereas um, the rest of us maybe don't. Right. And and the, the reason is that they work at that. They have techniques that they use. Um, so somebody brought up in that environment would naturally pick it up. They wouldn't necessarily realise there was specific special techniques for it but for someone without with the kind of western mindset it appears different and you have to kind of learn it
2: mm-hmm. can i ask you a question about the the energy of hawaii because you you asked me have you been mm. and um no i have not yet been and i just wondered if because if i asked aleka so like just who she is i'm i it would be interesting to hear her answer, and I probably will ask her now. Oh. But I'd love to hear it from a perspective of someone that 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 goes and spends time there, but so that you know the difference from coming from the UK to England or to Hawaii.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 energy varies a lot um, from place to place, from place to place. Mm. So so you know, di- not not just different cities, but different counties, different states. Mm -hmm. Um, the energy in the east of UK is different to the west Mm -hmm. and it's different again to Scotland or Ireland Uh, and in the same way each of the the Hawaiian islands has a different energy too Um, so I've I've mostly been to Hawaii Island or sometimes called Big Island Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been to some of the others as well Um, and the energy on the Big Island is a great big volcano right at the south end of the island that is pouring out um, huge quantities of lava uh, every minute of every day Um, and that huge amount of energy is um, a numinous presence that you can feel as soon as you get off the plane in Hawaii it's very very powerful Mm -hmm. and and whereas in, in in the US and in the UK you have to create energy before you start a healing
0: mm-hmm.
3: in Hawaii you really don't need to do that so much because the energy is just there mm-hmm. it's there already so so it's almost you, you can almost make you have to be very careful what you think about
0: mm-hmm.
3: because um, what you think about you bring about
0: mm-hmm. and,
3: you, and you can bring it about really really quickly so what's funny is um, my friend my friend's partner um he was a fire chief in California, and uh, when he when he shows up, there's always three or four fire trucks go by, and there's none the rest of the time. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> he just somehow attracts it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, so when I first went, what was um, I learned this stuff, and what happens? All my stuff came up, all this emotional stuff that I'd kind of been hiding or or not really looking at came up, and and I remember having a um. You know, being sat on a picture perfect beach with dolphins and kids playing and sunshine um and having all kinds of inner turmoil going on um because this emotional stuff um got supercharged by the energy in Hawaii, but what was really good was because of the high energy there, it was also easy to release once it once it came up mm-hmm. if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm.
3: so um so it was very powerful and um I, uh, it's funny because at the time I I wasn't really very sure what to do about it, but I had the very good fortune that I kind of was very upset, so I kind of stormed off to the bar for a drink kind of thing, and this strange guy in a pink suit walked in who was wearing a hat with lots and it was more feathers than I've ever seen. (laughs) <laughs> and and the and, uh, 13 gorgeous women I was starting to think, well, what, where can I get a hat like that? <laughs> um, and he, he kind of started going around the tables and chatting to everyone. I kind of assumed he must be the owner or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he kind of walked up to me and he kind of looked at me and he, he said, hmm, you must be English. And I'm kind of going, how on earth does he do that? Is it some kind of Hawaiian magic? And he says... Uh, no, it's because you're drinking dark beer and you're too white to be Australian.
2: <laughs> He's just very perceptive. <laughs>
3: yes, that's right. Well, well, this is this is one of the things that you learn when you start learning these techniques is that you realise that most people have literally got their eyes closed and their minds closed, mm-hmm. and you start to widen your perception. So part of the techniques is that whereas in the kind of uh, in the Celtic tradition, you have to do something to switch into other world. In the Hawaiian tradition, my impression is that people walk in both worlds at the same time, um, which allows a lot more scope, of course, to be a lot more intuitive, um, which is also part of the reason why people can be chilled out because they can see their guides, and their guides can be going, no, 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 don't do that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And do you think... um that just comes somewhat like is it just natural? But these things have been suppressed. So do you think many even Hawaiians are not aware just because of the suppression of their traditions?
3: Yes, I think that's true. I think okay. that there's 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 um you know, well you know there's people in England who don't know England's history. So right, right. why should Hawaii be different? You know. So right. so in some senses, uh, you know, they've all been through a so called education system um, and uh and we know that the the western education systems aren't really as good as they could be mm-hmm. um with the result that um you know there's a lot there's a lot of information that's that's ignored or suppressed or it isn't it, it was never part of the original um scheme of things because most most education systems came out of universities. And of course, universities are very specialist and don't really teach people life skills.
2: I know. Yep. And you're you're speaking to the choir here. I'm
3: <laughs>
2: I'm a a homeschooler that even takes it one step
3: further, and it's called unschooling. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got a whole bunch of friends I need to put you in touch with. Okay. Okay. Just... And
2: I have seen on your Facebook page that you've had some things about education and. Yeah. That that quote unquote education, right? That there um, yeah. there again lies a problem within that word, you know.
3: So so um, the you know the the Hawaiians had a lot of bad things done to them, um, and they were for a while um, you know, it, it wasn't allowed to speak Hawaiian at school, mm-hmm. um, and as I say, a lot of cultural suppression. So this guy in the pink that we mentioned before, pink suit man. Um, I got chatting to him, and uh, he turned out to be a well known. Uh, he was actually, it actually turned out he was my teacher's teacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, because when I told him that, I said, Oh, yeah, him, I told him everything he knew, you know, knows kind of thing. And I probably learned more on that bar in that evening than I did the whole rest of the week. Um, but what it also turned out is this guy's called Uncle George Naope, and he was one of the people who founded the Hula. Uh, Competition called Merry Monarch, uh, which is now one of the top uh, competitions in Hawaii. And people come from all over the world to compete in it. So it's kind of like the world championships for hula. Um, And in the 1950s and 60s, the culture was disappearing and he set that up and he really struggled to get enough hula troops to go and take part in it. Whereas now, there's a big competition just to get in. Wow. So Mm -hmm. so, So... just by chance or by coincidence or by divine intervention, whatever you want to call it, I ended up meeting one of the top guys, and he was very um, direct, and he basically said, you know, why do you come all this way here when there's all that stuff in in Britain? Um, and I said, well, I haven't found it. And he said, well, look harder. Mm-hmm. LAUGHTER <laughs> That's one of the things you find when you talk to um, real indigenous people is that they have a much harder view of the world than some of the kind of fluffy bunny new age people that you sometimes meet. Right, right, yep. And and they they you know they do stuff because it works. They don't do stuff because it's nice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because in the in you know in, in traditional times it was a matter of life or death. If the crops didn't grow, then you died. It was as simple as that kind of thing. Right. So um, so one of the great things I like about the Hawaiian tradition is that it's still alive and still going, and there are some people who are still prepared to, to share that with as many people as they can. Uh, I should also point out there are some people who don't like it being shared, but, and I think that's that's also true in the Native American tradition, that some people want to share stuff and some people don't. Um, so you kind of have to bear that in mind as you, as to where you're learning and what opinions you're going to get from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the powerful thing is that how powerful these tools and techniques are. So, if I can give you an example, um, I did some work with a guy who uh, had had a stroke and he was paralyzed down one side of his body. And we did a very simple technique with him based on breathing um, and intention. And he. Um, Within about 10 minutes, he managed to get some movement in one arm, so he kept going with that. And a couple of hours later, he had full movement in his arm and his leg, mm. and he was no longer paralyzed.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, you know, people would say, Well, that's a, you know, is that a miracle or anything? It's like, No, it's just knowing what to do, right? Because you know, our wonderful Western medical system is great under certain circumstances. You know, if I got run over by a bus, I'd want to go to uh. ER first,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> but once I once I once they patched me up as best as they could, I'd want to see a healer. Right, um, because you you need both sides of the equation in order to to to, to uh, heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of one example. Uh, one lady I worked with, um, she had a broken arm, and uh, half an hour later she didn't. Wow! So this is how powerful these techniques are, which is why. I've kind of taken it as my mission to to get this out around the world because to me it's a huge waste of energy for us all to be doing s- stupid things instead of doing things the best way um, and the best way I don't know what the best way will be but what I found is when you know 100 or 200 different techniques is that your intuition will tell you which technique to use whatever comes up to you kind of thing right right so I've been learning these techniques Um, I've been to Hawaii about 10 times I can't tell you how many workshops and seminars I've been on um, in the UK and everywhere else Mm -hmm. Um, I do um, shamanic journeying Mm -hmm. um, I've done lots and lots of soul retrieval for myself and other people um, I helped a lady who had um, ME um, clear the cause of that, and she healed herself over a week or two later. Mm-hmm. So so even kind of debilitating disease. So, so the important thing is hope. People say, oh, you shouldn't give false hope. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing as false hope. Right. It's simply a case of working with people until such time as you make the, the breakthrough that they need. Right.
2: Um, I have questions. Is that okay?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm breaking I'll, in here. I was just about to run out of breath there anyway. So. All
2: right, good. <laughs> no, I love talkative guests because it it's, makes for a really good show uh, mm. when people are super quiet, which I hadn't run into that much. I am ho- I think my intuition takes me to the right places
1: mm. and
2: the universe lines up the right people. And it was a pleasure to meet you by accident. Thank you. Winky, winky. Um uh, <laughs> on facebook and yeah. just while we're right here talking about connections can you tell the audience how they can connect with you what what would be the best way to find you online via okay. your website or facebook you 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 lead them where you'd like them to go
3: okay well if you go to uh w's com forward slash ukhuna u-k-h-u-n-a Or you can also find me, my name is Gary Plunkett, you'll find me on Facebook, my normal profile. Uh, I also have a a website blog on WordPress, which is www.alohagary.wordpress.com. So Aloha is A-L-O-H-A-G-A-R-Y.wordpress.com. Great. and you should find me there and there's a whole bunch of articles about um and lots of other Hawaiian and, and other techniques
2: mm-hmm.
0: that
3: I found to work um, depends what questions I get asked really
2: right right I understand okay so uh, time frame I'm curious you mentioned working in you know corporate mm-hmm. life I guess <laughs> I was gonna say America but you live in the UK corporate UK and and then you started to realize that you know you wanted to discover who, who you were or un, uncover some things, right?
0: Oh, mm,
3: yeah.
2: That's my way of putting it. And learn more about communication, etc. So when was that? How many years ago?
3: Did you So I I started off in 1998.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
3: So I would describe myself as an apprentice of 14 years standing.
2: Uh huh, uh
3: huh. Because I'm learning all the time.
2: Of
0: course.
3: Even, even speaking with you.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we, I say we, we at Mind, Body, Spirit, you believe that wholeheartedly, that um, we all, we learn, teach, learn. It, it's just a flow. And I always learn as I go. And. New things. That's one of the reasons why I started doing my podcast over a year ago. That was before I moved over to Blog Talk Radio. Was just to talk to all the amazing, fascinating people that I see online, (laughs) (laughs) and and learn.
3: So you're a serial stalker then. I am. (laughs) A one hour stalker. I'm
2: a serial, yep, and I'm a serial learner. You know, I just I love. Um, all of it. And I'm not one that's very good at putting people in that guru status or, you know, I have this one teacher and that's all I do, you know? Mm -hmm. So in that way, I think we're similar. You, you said, you know, you've learned a, a ton of different techniques and, and you know what to use by, um, tapping into your yeah. I- intuition is the word you use,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm guessing you may work with guides. Am I correct on that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, well, that was, that that was. Um, I think I, f- I first became probably the best way to put it is I first became aware of guides when I was in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, when you do um, shamanic journeying.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Then you pick up guides through that as well, right. so 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 I've been um trained in the Celtic tradition through a lady called Caitlin Matthews, who's very well known in that tradition. She's written about fifty books mm-hmm. um as well as being a great uh shamanic teacher and I've also just started learning something um called Siva, which is anglo saxon shamanism. But a lot of people don't even realize that there is such a thing as Anglo-Saxon shamanism. So um, that's been quite interesting, too, because it's, it's kind of exactly the same as Celtic tradition and completely different at the same time. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it
2: sounds like you're um, a serial knowledge seeker also. Mm,
3: yeah.
2: yeah, which is good. Um, so you started on your your healing journey to heal self, which is... Mm-hmm often yeah. where we start, <laughs> yeah. unless unless I've talked to a few people that from the very beginning, like, they kind of knew, like, they had the, again, words are limiting, and I yeah. have said that more than once on, on these shows, but the gift, or a gift, when they were really little, you know, whether they mm, were yeah. psychic, or... They could do hands on healing, and they just kind of knew right yeah. they came into this lifetime just knowing so mm-hmm. I've talked to a few people, but more than more often it seems though uh people like myself and sounds like your journey are led this direction through self healing, and my question is about when you decided or became aware of, I don't think they're word decided, but maybe it's a decision, I'm not sure, uh, that you were, quote unquote, able to heal, that you were able to do what you do now, you know, channel divine, whatever the correct, correct lingo <laughs> labels are. Mm. When did that become apparent to you, that you were going to do this for others?
3: Um, well, that's interesting because if, if, Me back then had met me now I just thought I was a real weird kind of person Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. So
3: um, So it it didn't quite happen In one fell swoop just like that It it was kind of in stages Mm
0: -hmm.
3: So um, I was Full of NLP when I first started uh, Learning that and teaching that And helping people with that And I used it a lot in coaching and business Mm -hmm. Um, And was very passionate about it I was um, an NLP monster Because I would jabber on forever about it you probably met people like that right
0: um
3: and um so i decided that i would um set up my own nlp training and coaching practice um back in 2002 and um what happened and so i had and at that time i had no um notion really of healing as such and certainly didn't even know that I did healing. And it was actually quite a while later, by accident, that I discovered that I could do healing, because I was um, just holding my, my girlfriend's arm and she was poorly. And she said that she could feel tons of energy coming from me, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't recognize or realize. and uh, And she got well really quickly. Um, and so we tried it on a few other people, and uh, and it seemed to have the same effect. So, so the hands-on healing part came much later, and the awareness of guides came much later. So, I think the thing is that I had to do a lot of clearing, um, and not just and not just with a shovel. I kind of needed a couple of earth movers to begin with, because as I say, I had a whole heap of stuff to, to deal with uh, going back way back when. So I would say it, it wasn't any one particular thing, but I have been kind of self-employed since 2002 um, as a therapist, st- coach, and um, and trainer.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So I've done kind of business training, uh, and I still work with small businesses. And I work a lot now. So I did do a lot of marketing training with people and sales training, because one of the things I discovered when I first went self-employed is that my sales and marketing skills weren't as good as they needed to be, so I now help a lot of small businesses, especially holistic businesses. Um, and I use a um, we we do special rates for that, so that holistic businesses are, are paying holistic rates rather than business rates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we do, but I do charge business people business rates, so they see <laughs> yeah. so um, because we still have, despite being all wonderfully helpful and healing you still have to eat.
2: Of, of course, absolutely. So, mm, uh, yeah. okay, you mentioned earlier about the idea of, it, you know how we need to kind of open the space for healing and pool energy, right? Mm-hmm. Versus in Hawaii, it's more just sort of there, and it's a little mm-hmm. bit more readily accessible, let's say. Yeah. So I'm curious because I love to learn these things from people. You know wh- how how they do that. So if you don't mind, or if you if you're open to sharing, how you open to that divine healing work. You know how you open the space and and pull the energy. And is it always different, or do you always feel the same things?
3: Because well, you're sorry. Sometimes things are just spontaneous. Uh huh. Um, and, uh, the, the, it's kind of strange because some people will say that you have to do full-on ceremony to make something happen. Right. And some people will say that you can do everything by intention. hmm And so what I find is the more you practice ceremony,
0: mm-hmm.
3: the less you have to do it.
0: Right, yeah.
3: But the important thing is that it's 100% about practice.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So although I offer different workshops at different levels, and the first four workshops are what I would call foundation level, um, they're not basic um, or small things to learn. If you learn all the foundation level, you've learned a lot. But more important than learning is that it's not about the weekend workshop you go on. It's about what you do with it afterwards. And it's about continuing the practice. And doing daily practice every day and every day and every day is what builds you into a better healer, therapist or whatever it is you're aiming to be. Um, And it's about taking time out to sit with spirit. Um, So having a morning ceremony, having an evening ceremony, that kind of thing. Even if it's only 10 minutes as you get up and 10 minutes before you go to bed is better than nothing. Right. So, um and what I would say is there's no kind of one size fits all. There is a whole lot of stuff about what I would call psychic protection or energy protection where there are simple things to do just to hold the energy in the space um so that it, it you don't get random stray things coming in in the into your space while you're doing it. Um, So things like drawing a circle is is a helpful thing to do, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can do that with just your finger, you don't need a gadget to do that with, Mm -hmm. Um, and just that that creation of the circle, which is really a sphere uh, around you, Mm -hmm. um, creates, means that the space that you're in and the space outside is slightly different, and that in itself makes it sacred. And if you do that in the same place on a regular basis, the energy will start to hold in that pattern, mm-hmm. but you should always close and clear the space once you've used it
0: mhm
3: mhm so um, so you will open the space, do whatever it is you need to do, and then close it and clear it and and let it go back to wherever it is um But in terms of what technique would be used or how you would bring energy that's um although I could tell you um it would not be a good thing for people to go off and practice
0: because mm-hmm. they wouldn't
3: necessarily be in a safe place mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: so um it's what i would say is it's really really important to learn these kind of things from a person rather than from a book mm-hmm. and from and preferably from someone who has a good reputation and they know what they're doing mm-hmm. um i can't tell you the number of times i've had to fix things when people have gone off and taught things they've been up op- they've been on one workshop and they think they know it all
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh they miss important bits out and people end up um getting hurt
2: yeah yeah i've had some ex- interesting experiences uh including that my bedroom is where i meditate <laughs> Is right. where I do my practice, which doesn't look the same every single day. Really, it mm-hmm. kind of goes with the flow of what I what I need, what I feel guided to do. Mm. But I've noticed that, and just recently, was told, <laughs> meaning via guides, that it's sort of like I've opened up my room, <laughs> yeah. and it, it can be a little bit too much for sleeping. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: Absolutely, so yes.
2: I've, yeah, so I have work, I have done some things to change that, and I also had some crystals in here that I was told shouldn't be in my. They, they're good for healing, but they mm-hmm. shouldn't be in my sleeping space. So I'm just yeah, throwing that out there to.
3: <laughs> well, that's because you'd be raising the energy.
2: Right,
0: right. But
3: you but you you want to lower the energy to go to sleep in. It's kind of, it's kind of like um. Having a five bar fire and putting the fire on five bars before you go to bed, and then you wonder why you're too hot at night. You know.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's just like a practical, real life thing that mm. that sort of ex- explains what can happen if we. It's not about fear at all, and I can sense that you are not a fearful guy, but at the same time there are there's caution to be had. That, yeah.
3: Well, the thing is, that, you know, you. you it, it it it's it's kind of one of those things. that's kind of like, um, well, you could go down the main street and and sit in the main street and chant on, but you're more likely to get run over by a bus if you do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas
3: if whereas if you do it up on a mountain, you you know you're less likely to be run over by a bus, but there might be a bear, so you need to just make sensible, common sense precautions, really. Right. And if you, if you can, um, like a friend of mine had a really small uh, place. But he had a tiny little bit of backyard, so he, he built a, um, four feet by four feet little shed, and he used to do all his practice in that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and it was, you know, a place where none of his dogs and cats could get at him, and he was able to, um, to uh, escape in there while he was doing his practice kind of thing.
2: Right, right.
3: So, so it doesn't have to be some big, huge palatial, um, uh, <laughs> ashram.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah. it, it, or it can just be a, any room that's not being used or anything else
2: right and I still even though I may I'll think this through a little more but, but what I've realized just to give this example is that since i became become aware of this opening <laughs> almost like a portal sort of thing uh-huh. using your oh, yeah. language uh-huh. in my room that I'm just I'm just more careful about shutting it down.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and it, I have been um feeling much more um I, I want to use that word at ease, not to say that I was fearful, mm. but there was just sort of this feeling in here. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. enough. And I started to tell my husband about it and he was like, uh, yeah, Tracy, can you like get that out of there?" <laughs> <laughs> regular corporate guy who Uh supports me in what I do. And, um, you know, I'm hopeful that he may jump on the bandwagon even more later in life. But Uh what you were starting to talk about at the beginning of your experience at work and dealing with people that you just were like, I don't get these people. You know, Hmm. he he deals with that all the time. and, And he has said to be more than once, well, including yesterday, because he manages projects, and they he just uh-huh. found out that like two hundred thousand dollars is going to be like gone in two weeks and there's no way for him to spend that because
0: uh-huh.
2: it was like this miscommunication, and people didn't know what was really happening when it was going to quote unquote expire, which is ridiculous, but uh-huh. he was like, "I just need to hire you for like a hundred grand as a consultant." To come in here and help us work all this stuff out, like a coach, right? <laughs>
3: you well, know? I, well I, you know, I, I could do that. You know, I'm a qualified You're project well, manager,
2: right? Exactly. <laughs> I know. And you are probably more qualified because it's just not my thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, no thanks, honey. I mean, it sounds good. Like I'd like to make a hundred thousand dollars, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give him your name, but I he works government. Well, he works as a consultant privately. But oh. with the government, so yeah. getting our foot in that door, you could maybe sell it. You know, it's like having the right lingo of yeah. how to approach the everyday guy, even oh. somewhat military. Actually, um, they work a lot within military computer stuff. Is what he does. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, so, I, was, so, I mean,
2: these guys. He's got short hair, and he's like, this is the longest hair of anybody. In this, in this zone, you know. So
3: anyway. Okay, well, I, I would fit right in. I I was in the, what we call the territorial army, which is kind of like the equivalent of the national guard. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have I have been there, done that, met those kind of guys. Uh, right, cool.
2: I'll, I'll 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 ask him to listen to this. It might help him in some way. Anyway, just to open, <laughs> just to open to these ideas, even though he is open. Mm -hmm. but as we all do we fall Mm. back into our habitual responses right Mm. yeah yeah so you know that's something that all of us and we get people that are on this quest for peace love joy right what did what did you call it fluffy (laughs) fluffy bunny or something yeah (laughs) wanting to be you know happy and joyful all the time blah 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 well is that really reality but
3: at the same, time. Well, it is for some people, and and don't you know? I I don't knock it because they where they are, and I hope they do well with it.
2: Exactly, exactly, um. yeah. But for someone like me, who who kind of sometimes when I go through my healing thing, that come up still, you know, mm. because we're always changing and growing, right? Like things just recently cropped back up again about something from childhood that I thought I had dealt with, you know, <laughs> so.
0: So
3: these that, that old chestnut. Well, oh, I thought I dealt with that.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so these things come up, and not to be judgmental, and and also not to be habitual. So the habitual response might be, "Oh no, poor me. I'm going to get mad or angry." Right. Um, I was just sort of giving a picture of this one. I meant by habitual for the listeners. That mm. response that we kind of the old go
3: to response, right? Yeah, the old automatic response. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then and then then the other side would be, well, look at all these tools I've learned. So I'll go do a ponopono on it. I'll do my forgiveness exercises on it. I'll I'll meditate. I'll move energy. I'll and then if that didn't work, I can I'll just being honest, you know, and I think lots of people go through this, we're like, well, why didn't that work, right? So not to be judgmental. So there's that balance. But what do you think about that with those things, those chestnuts, as you called them? Those things that come up and then um, mm, are not easily just sort of moved through, even with some of the best, you know, uh, healing modalities, not just that I do them on myself, that I have others that are helping me.
3: Yeah, well, well, that's right. I mean, you know, I sometimes get those myself where something will just appear. uh, And I kind of think of it as a bit like a, you know, a, a, a dissolving sugar cube or something, and it dissolves from the outside. And as you get the, the nearer you get to the middle, the the more um, uh, sticky the things are. Right. Uh, and so sometimes you need to go away and learn a new technique. So what what I would typically do if I wasn't making headway is I would go on a journey and ask my guides what I would need to do to heal that, and they would probably sort it out for me. Um, but. Normally, it's about getting the lesson that goes with that,
0: mm-hmm.
3: because you ho- your unconscious mind holds on to uh, all of this stuff until you have gotten a lesson from it, mm-hmm. um, and if you haven't got the lesson, the thing will keep going. Right. So, for example, it was, uh, I had a problem with my knee for a while, uh, a couple of years back, and and what was annoying was I, I got the lesson eventually, but my knee still needed the operation, -hmm. Just to uh, tweak it back to where it needed to be. Right. Uh, And the doctor was surprised because it healed within about a week instead of eight weeks or something.
0: Mm
3: Mhm. And you know, I went back for a checkup and uh, and gave him the sticks back, and he said, "Uh, "You're not meant to give me these back for eight weeks." And I said, "Well, he obviously got the wrong end of the stick somewhere." (laughs) (laughs) I love that that was that was never my plan. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Right. So it's
3: important, it's important to kind of take all this um, knowledge and wisdom, but most of all apply it
0: mm-hmm.
3: into your regular life. That's the whole point of it. That's one of the things I like about the Hawaiian principles is that, as they kind of say, you know, you've got to engage with life
0: mm-hmm. and
3: be part of life and find your love and joy in life. Right. Because, you know, any anyone can go and sit and be a hermit in a cave and chant, all day
2: mm-hmm.
3: and and be connected to God but you're kind of missing out on the human experience if you do that
2: yeah and all those learning opportunities
3: <laughs> uh, yeah exactly you know that being in park.
2: traffic and going to and, work and raising yeah. children and being in relationship yeah. and all that yeah. stuff offers
3: that's right what is it they say you marry your biggest learning opportunity oh for sure <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that wonderful spiritual contract yeah yeah, yeah. well
3: well,
2: oh I was just going to say this is we're coming up to the top of the hour and yeah and that's just a great place in my opinion but at the same time if you had another thought it's just a, such a great place to to come to an end that idea of that we are meant to take all this and live our lives and that we can find happiness even in the quote-unquote suffering you know what i mean or struggles that we can find that again these words are hard to, but people that know what i'm talking about just know that feeling of being able to be okay in the midst of it all
3: well that's right i think a lot of people get caught up in their ailment and they become the ailment you know and and you meet people and and the first thing they say is oh i am a blah 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 sufferer
0: right
3: and you kind of think no you're a human who has blah 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 and if you give me ten minutes, you won't have it anymore. Right. Um, but I do meet people who, um, you got even when you offer them the opportunity and they realize that you're serious, they won't take it because they, it, it's not the right time for them. They haven't worked through things sufficiently. They need to be in more pain before they get more lessons, kind of thing, and then move through it.
2: Right. So. And, and again, even with that, no judgment. It's just where they are and. Mm. That's that's okay. Like you know, it it's meant to be just that way.
3: That's right. I think that's something that sometimes people don't understand about shaman is that shaman often um, it's not that they don't care, but they know it's not their business. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, the shame will come along, do what they need to do, and then leave. Right. And and they're not doing all the kind of care and compassion and, and huggy stuff. Right. It, they they just kind of get on with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yep, yeah, My my friend, teacher, mentor, whatever her label is, Aleka, she has great stories of her teacher and his style. Yeah. <laughs> um, when she would you know meet him upset, crying, going through some kind of crisis, or call him or whatever, and he would just have this like bam kind of answer. Yeah. And, and not all touchy feely and. All that mm. kind of thing, but at well, the same time, she knew he loved her. Mm. You know that idea of that all of it is loving.
3: Mm. So you'll just have to get her on next week so I can hear what what she's got to say about all this kind of thing.
2: I know I'll have to I have I have to go back to the beginning with her because um, <laughs> we've we've fast forwarded into all different kinds of topics. But yeah, her training and um, her experiences, like what we just shared here. Yeah, she's. Mm. She's cool. We should. I'll connect you on Facebook with her, okay?
0: Yeah, super. Uh,
2: so, again, tell um, everybody where to find you online before we end yeah, the show.
3: Sure, okay. Well, the best place is Facebook. I have a, a Facebook page. Um, the Facebook page name, which I didn't give out before, is called UK Huna Um That's kind of one of those funny things that even though those aren't the names Hawaiians use, it's the names that people in Britain use. Mm -hmm. because they just don't know any better Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, it's www.facebook.com forward slash UK or you can look for me Gary Plunkett or you can look for WordPress .wordpress alohagary.wordpress.com
2: okay sounds fabulous and I want to thank you so much for joining us today and Maybe um, in the future you can come back because I think there's still lots of things we could talk about.
3: Well, there's, there's a couple of years' worth of stuff we could talk about yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much, Tracy Mahalo, and uh, thank you very much for having me on, and I hope that lots of people will go off and search and look for um, uh, traditional Hawaiian teachers, uh, traditional Celtic teachers, um, and, and to... Um, Make the effort to go beyond the obvious and get into the real uh um, how can we put this the real uh in depth people who who really can help
2: mhm mhm, I want it, yeah, the juice you know and into that center I don't know that's what's coming to me oh. yeah the <laughs> the juicy middle uh so yes, yeah, thank you, and thanks for that last. Sediment, and i want to remind everybody who's listening to please follow us on blog talk radio at mind body spirit you so that you'll get email reminders etc because we do gosh more and more shows every month right now i think we're up to like eight shows per month so wow one of the the monday nights at 7 p.m always happens and then we have a couple others on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. And for my friend Sharon, who is in England, who is how we met, uh, we're doing 5 p.m. on Friday nights with her because it fits into the schedule better.
3: So. And she's wonderful. So everyone should listen to her too. Yeah, she's
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel really great about all the people that I'm collaborating with with Mind Body Spirit You. Um, it's really been fun and it's part of my guidance and, and quote-unquote like purpose or whatever is to do this kind of collaboration and, and sharing information with different people just like yourself and the people that listen to the show. So I feel really grateful to be able to do it.
3: Well, thank you, Tracy, for helping everyone so much.
2: Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye.
3: Bye.